you excited? Are you mildly excited? Are you conscious? That's all we really need here. If you're conscious, here we go, gang. A brand new episode of Terribly Funny. And it's me, your buddy, your pal, your host, Steve Bazlone. And this, of course, is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. And today, we have a wonderful guest. Uh, um, it's She's a someone that I've been, uh, you know, aware of and friendly with for years, but she's a newly minted friend. It's the very talented actress, uh, writer, comedian, Jessie Hodges. What can I tell you about Jessie? Well, uh, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been uh, guest starring in things forever, things like Mike and Molly and You're the Worst and The Last Tycoon. Uh, she was also in a little show called True Blood. Uh, also, uh, she was in Graves and uh, Here and Now and Girlfriend's Guide to Re- Divorce. But most recently, uh, you've probably seen her in Pen15, that little firecracker of a series. And also Barry. She was in the second season of Barry. Um, additionally, she is. Uh, I get to work with her coming up here because she is starring in uh, one of my best friend and good pal of the pod, Dan Levy's new pilot called Uninsured. So that's exciting for me and for her. Um, She's wildly talented. And also, she wrote a short that was in Sundance this year. What I'm saying is, don't fuck with this lady. She's talented. She's a force of nature. And today, we get to talk to her about fun stuff like, ooh, what it's like to feel like a marginalized woman, uh, what it's like to uh, not feel seen or heard or appreciated, and uh, how that translates to sometimes anger uh, and, and indignation, and how you're able to turn that into uh, uh, making yourself even stronger and more fortified and fighting for equality and making yourself undeniable. And I think it's a really uh, a great chat. Um, uh, and she has many more salient things to say than I ever can because, you know, uh, I'm a dumb, a dumb white guy with a wiener. So uh, my perspective is uh, skewed at best. So anyways, I think she says a lot of great things and it's a great conversation and we're going to get to that in just one second. But before we do, let me do my P.T. Barnum part here. Let me do this little shill. Hey guys, do you like this podcast? You must to some degree because you're listening to it. If you do, go to our iTunes page, subscribe. That helps us out and it makes your life easier. Also, give us a rating and review. It'll take you a second and man, it'll mean the world to me. Also, check us out on all the social media because fuck, we're hip, you know what I mean? Uh, Check us out on Twitter. It's terribly underscore funny. Also on Instagram, it's terribly funny podcast. You can see a picture of me and Jesse. Doesn't that sound fun? It sure does. Also, if you want to drop me a line and say, hey man, love the show or hey, dude, don't care for you. Go fuck yourself. You know, I welcome all that. I'm an equal opportunist, but you can drop me a line at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and that's that's that. I'm done with all that shit. Now, let's get to what you came here for. Get done with all this fucking foreplay and get to the main event. And the main event, of course, is Jesse Hodges. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's get some theme music in here. I don't know, like 26 or something. I was sure. like working at a restaurant and my d- basically my dad like found out. I didn't tell him, but I, well, I guess I did tell him, but not in like a, I'm telling you this mm-hmm. kind of way, but just like, oh, and side note, I'm also like $7,000 in credit card debt. Uh-huh. And he was like, you're what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but it's okay because I'm going to pay it off. And he was like, he... <laughs> well, that's how credit works. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, uh, I mean, he said to me, which is also like, come on, give me a break. But he was like, you'll never pay that off. You will never pay that off. What's the amount? And he sent me a check for it. And it was so nice. And I cried and whatever. And then, like, one of my first jobs was... True Blood. Sure. And I did, I did two episodes of it, and I said, like, two lines in each episode. Still pretty good. There was a period where that show was, like, at the top. Yeah. Everybody loved that shit. Yeah. I got, like, I, I got paid well, considering what it was, and, and I sent my dad back a check for the exact amount. Oh, and that's nice. And it was, nice. like, a very... Um, that had to feel affirming. so nice. Yes. Like, I'm an adult. Look at me go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, c- I couldn't believe... That, and then that probably just prompted more debt because I... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I could have given, like, half, and that would have been, like, a, yeah. a nice gesture, and I can give it the half later. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was... Uh, fuck. Uh, I I think by the t- when I was 30, because that's when I had, like, my operations had colon removed, and, like, yeah. after oh all that God. time of medical shit... And, like, I had good insurance, but, like, still, like, was doing all these things, like, out of pocket. Yeah. So by the time I 
finished all that shit. Like I think I had on one credit card like 32 grand in debt. Oh my God. And I remember it was like four years later that like I paid it off. Cause I was like, at that time I was like actually working and writing and like was doing okay. Yeah. But I remember the last time I, the mail, it came in the mail and it said like you owe zero. And I was like, I oh just my. fucking like lost it. I was like, yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah. And it was like such a catharsis of like, I am not, I am at least, I'm at net zero now. I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment. Also yeah. in a lot of ways. It's like, it's symbolic yeah, to it was incredibly getting symbolic. through. Like yes. But just like, yeah, that shit, I have been lucky, like knock on wood since then to not be in debt. But like, that's so many people live First, I mean, like I have a buddy of mine is a, uh, he's a cardiovascular surgeon mm-hmm. and he's 35 or six or something. And he's like the leading attending he just took you with a pen. And then I just went to like, uh, uh, New Mexico and at 36 or whatever, it's the first time that he's not incurring debt. Yeah. And he's a fucking a, heart surgeon. A doctor. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. You, you go to school for 14 years or whatever you... They're the ones who are really in debt. Yeah. <laughs> the doctors and the lawyers. It's so... It's so bananas. It's bonkers. Yeah, but what... I was I was thinking, like, I really... I have had, a, like, such a lucky life. That's great. I had four grandparents. Two of them are still alive. Really? That's great. My parents are well and healthy. Mm-hmm. I And still together? Not still together, okay. but they broke up when I was in college and it was not very traumatizing. That's great. They didn't like <laughs> they didn't use you in the middle like, well, your mother in your fuck no. that motherfucker. No, that? they That's didn't. Right. They didn't. They were adults about it, remarkably. God, how how refreshing. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Um but one thing I was thinking that is somewhat relatable is I have had the experience, I think my whole life for a number of different reasons of feeling like chronically not heard. Hmm. And I think particularly by men. Sure. Um, And I think that it is familial and also societal yeah. um, and environmental and whatever. But I think that that's maybe an interesting place no, to jump off I, from. I, I, implicitly, <laughs> you know, it's, I think anytime I find myself in like conversations like this, it's always like just, um, uh, uh, just feel like, yes, I, I, I think I understand, but I don't know. Cause I have always had a wiener. Yeah. I've always been have. a white guy. And like, I, I think I have the universal experiences of feeling insecure and like sometimes feeling out of my league or feeling like, oh, that guy's not I'm being ignored. But like, it's totally different set of circumstances. Yeah. I don't, I can't pretend to understand like anything that you've been through or what it's like day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I, I was just like trying to think on it just mm-hmm. generally and there's there are a lot of different components i think first of all i grew up in a very loving and supportive household but also a pretty like tough one mm. tough in the sense that it was just like um there wasn't a, a lot of space for feelings mm. um where where do you grow up in the detroit area sure and the Yeah, there, there. It, it, it was just like a, oh, you're sick, g- go to school. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like, tell me how you're feeling, tell me what, what, what hurts, why, how. It was a real walk it off mentality. Real walk it off yeah. mentality. Like I never got out of anything easy mm. ever, and I think that that has really like served me well. But it's also created like a pretty tough exterior. Sure. Um, and, and I think that there, there was also a component of my, my mom is an artist. Mm-hmm. She, my mom was an actor and she c- comes from this very artistic family. They were all like classical musicians. My aunt was a classical ballerina. Uh-huh. My mom was, a she was first a cellist and then a singer and then an actress. They're all like, oh, wow. my aunt was kind of like a piano prodigy as a child there. It, it's very high level stuff, mm-hmm. very hardworking and also very much in the framework of 
play the music as written. Right. Do like sing this correctly. Do these ballet steps correctly. Everything is there's not there's no emphasis on like creating your own thing or having an opinion. Yeah. Or it is like do within the system as well as you possibly can. Work as hard as you possibly can. But I don't really need to like see or hear you in another way. Yeah, that's got to be really uh, um, confounding just because like, oh, you're an artist, but really a technician. Exactly. Like you are, there's like something militaristic in the way that you, you uh, execute. Exactly. And I feel like I got that side from my mom. Mm -hmm. And then my dad, my mom was like a very like middle, upper middle class, very artistic Jewish family. Mm -hmm. But I would say like artistic technicians, not creative in the sense of like, they're not like, uh, you know, banging on drums and speaking poetry and like dress. I don't know. They're not on the beach doing uh, the peyote and drums. Exactly. Exactly. They're like making beautiful paintings that color inside the lines. Exactly. And then my dad's family are like blue collar, Irish Catholic, Detroit family. I know that well. I have Irish Catholic, Pittsburgh family. Yeah. Yeah. And um, pretty, like, you know, lower middle class. Mm -hmm. I think they grew up in, like, a three-bedroom home with eight people in it or something like that. And that, I mean, I'm sure anyone who would listen to this, it's extremely relatable. There's just not a lot of room for feelings. Well, it's also, I think, uh, indicative of, like, just that generation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that combination, I I also think actually, and this is like, this is a little bit more gendered that I feel like I've talked to a lot of people who can relate on that men and fathers don't, and this is so general, I'm sure there are a million exceptions to the rule, but don't necessarily have the same kind of language to talk to children that that mothers always do? I think that's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, there are exceptions, but I think intrinsically that's yeah. kind of... My dad, and especially because he had two girls, mm-hmm. I think he would have done a lot better with boys. Sure. But, you know, I don't... He's so wonderful now, and now as a, an adult, I have this, like, very new, different relationship with him, and he's great. Um, but I think with two girls, he didn't know what the fuck to do with us. Right. And... He didn't have a lot of interest in us. He didn't take a lot of interest in us. Do you think that comes from a place of uh, fear to some degree? Or do you think it's just like, well, I, I don't know how, inter- how to interact. It's just better to be like, I show you love, but that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, if it's fear, I think it's very like... Internalized. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Like deep, deep he fear. Does, he's subconscious. He doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more like being totally out of his element and having no, and not, um, he's a product of that generation Mm -hmm. that they all are, but I would say my dad has an added element of like, eh, just not, um, (sighs) taking a lot of interest or having Mm -hmm. not very affectionate. He also traveled a lot for work. Mm. So he was also just literally absent out of necessity. Yeah. So, I also wonder. Sorry to interrupt, but I no. wonder like how much of that, if like that is, uh, and I know nothing about your family, your father at all, but just yeah. like if you're always gone, I wonder how much of that is somewhat like a defense mechanism, like to not yeah. get too close or too affectionate, because if you're always being pulled away from it, yeah, it would be like very a whiplash. Yeah, and I also think that he probably felt isolated because he it's three women, mm-hmm. two daughters sure. and his wife in the family who have a lot more on the exterior in common, right. like all interested in the arts and always singing and dancing and whatever. And he's this like lumberjack basically wow that's fascinating like i wonder if he's like how did i end up here oh fully fully with the like like funny loud jewish wife Mm -hmm. and these like maniacal little girls 
Yeah, I think he was like, what? We, I thought no one talked. Mm-hmm. I thought we just, I thought humans just don't We nod talk. in the hallway. Yeah. And we hug sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we build stuff and we play sports. Mm-hmm. And we like smoke cigarettes in the garage. <laughs> and that's that's our feeling time. Yeah. When we get to that pole, we get to the end of it. Well, feelings are done now. Yeah, I think he was just out of his, he was out of his element. Um yeah, and and also I just, I do feel like I have to say like such a good such a loyal like good I never felt like um I always felt like inherently loved mm-hmm. and supported and like there was but it was not expressed. Right. So I think that the combination of like I don't know, the my mom saying like play, play, play within the, I was going to say play within the rules, play within the bounds, follow the rules, color within the lines. And then my dad's kind of early lack of interest created a, but then also them both being like tough, dynamic people. Mm -hmm. I don't know, created this weird sense for me where I was like highly extroverted, Mm. highly ambitious and competitive and tough. Uh, But then also felt like, but no one actually wants to hear what I have to say. And I don't, um, I don't, I somehow don't have a lot of agency but inside of this, like, <laughs> inside of a body and a personality that seems like it has a lot of agency. Well, I think that it feels like those things are, like, inherently at odds. But I think that makes perfect sense. Because you're, if your first uh, in real relationship with the most important man in your life at that point is, like, one that doesn't show a ton of interest. But, you know, there's love there. So, like, then you are uh, put in a position, like to uh, make waves so you get more attention. Well, exactly. So you're getting more interest expressed at you. Exactly. But it's also, you're not expect, you're doing that so you can try to get that. But out in the rest of the world, you're like, I know I have to to be bigger and louder and more extroverted to get that attention. Yes. But am I actually going to get it? Because I don't get it from the one person who I've, that's, you know, uh, trained my brain to what all their male interactions will be. Yes. And that, yes, that's, that is very well put. And I, yeah, so I have felt chronically like, um, not understood slash, like I have to scream right. to be heard. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes I'm like, am I circling my point? Am I saying the same thing 10 times? Because I think the person I'm talking to doesn't understand right. me, but they actually do. And this is just all my psychology. But yeah, I, I feel like I have to scream to be heard. And then I have this other, probably more female side of things going like, don't take up too much room. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait for the opportunity to come to you. Be as, be as good as you can be, but you're not actually the one creating it or you don't actually have control. Mm -hmm. You control the the things that you can control, but I, I feel like I was kind of taught it in a sideways that you actually can't control very much. It's like you can control your looks and your personality and how good you are at things. I was never I never had the idea that you could create an opportunity for yourself. Well, that makes, I mean, if you're, your dad is this lumberjack who smokes cigarettes in the garage and your mom <laughs> is like this artist, but who is always executing other people's work. Yes. So that feels like, yes, I have this outlet, but it's never me taking a swing. Yeah. It's, I'm a utility player. I ride the bench and I'm a part of the team and that's nice. Yes. And the, ut- the head of the team. Yeah. The utility player thing too, I think probably a lot of people can relate to who come from more like middle class mm-hmm. backgrounds sure. and women who are just, you're just taught that it is obnoxious and unattractive to take up too much space. Yeah. That is such a deep, deep bummer. Yeah. 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 And I was also a child who took up a shitload of space. One, because I was kind of crying out for attention. Mm-hmm. And two, because I think it is fully just my biology. I've yeah. just been like loud or just like 
just just not la- just deeply extroverted mm-hmm. from like the moment I took my first breath. So, but I feel like I kind of wish I had the blissful ignorance that some people have of like that that's fine that mm-hmm. that doesn't affect anyone or that there, and that there's no societal precedent for how that's received or whatever. Yeah. But I I always I think I had this weird like duality of like I can't help but like s- scream and also I I know in my core a kind of like not necessarily true thing of that this is deeply unattractive and mm. deeply uh like thirsty not feminine you know yeah. t- like overly ambitious Well I have a question about because I understand like where the uh um the feeling of like this is going to I'm like kind of shouting into a void into a vacuum because that's always what I kind of got at home. Yeah. But where did the notion of like that this is unattractive come from? Was that from internally household or is that just more of a societal thing of like you should just let other people do their thing? We'll we'll come to you when we need you. I would say that that is that would be in my household just as much as in the, I would say it was more environmental, right. more societal. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just, you get, you, you receive information back as mm-hmm. a child. That's how you learn things. So I feel like I would receive information that was like too loud, yeah. too much, too much space. And also, by the way, some of that information is probably right. Like, sure. I'm sure that I was a kid who was like, okay, Jesse, now you have to let someone else talk. Right. And that is a very important lesson. And 100%. I'm glad I learned that lesson. But you, what we all do as kids, I feel like we like learn a lesson and then we imprint it way too deeply. Oh, sure. And too like buying it, like it's black and white. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're like, okay, so what I have to do is take up zero space. Right. And then that's like goes against everything that you are, and so then you come out with this weird like psychology. I guess that's that's yeah. how psychology works. Yeah, I mean, I you know we are just such wet clay at that age. Like you yeah, just, like you touch it, and there's a fingerprint forever, as opposed to like that shouldn't leave an indelible mark. But it's it does. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you in terms of that. Like, yes, that's a very important lesson. Like, okay, you you can't can you need to have some humility. Yeah. And you need to have like know to read the room and uh, all those like kinds of important life lessons. But did you see like okay, I am uh, being um, a big personality, and it's being admonished in a way that like my male counterparts aren't was that a thing that you measured yes. you saw a metric early on i mean i don't think that i i don't think i was like and this is sexism because well, it, no, it was too course. young yeah, of course but um absolutely yeah. you learn that like the boys can do that right. and that the girls can't or that the girls will be made fun of if they do in a way that sure. yeah well that's just can't um absolutely Absolutely. At what point did you start to realize that? Was it just like this? Because I think if you learn, if you see that at an early age, you don't even question it because it just feels like, oh, this is the way it is, which is so backwards and disheartening. But at what point do you, because I know just in the last couple of years, I've had some friends and family who've been like, huh, I never considered the ways that I was being marginalized yeah. until like everybody started pointing it out or until my peers or until it became like more of a part of the, the cultural conversation. But like at what point for you did you realize like, oh, this is, that's not fair. Like two years ago. Really? God, that's so <laughs> fucking nuts. But also, I mean, I, from a male perspective, like it's been in the last couple of years, like, oh, huh. Yeah. There's times where I could be way, way better. Yeah. And then looking back, like, hmm, I don't think I was ever a, a, a real turd. And I think because my mom was such a kind of a badass and was, I remember she didn't give me a gift once for my 17th birthday. She bought me a camera and she's like, you can have this camera because I was very into photography. You have to promise me you're never going to call a, uh, a U underneck uh, or a U um, undershirt a wife beater again. Oh my God. 
and I was like a shitty 17 year old. I was like, I don't, I don't respond to ultimatums. Like I will try. And that's, that's like, that's, that was but I will the, definitely take the camera. Yeah. But it was like, but that's like who she was. And she's like, no, that's no, no, amazing. you don't do that shit. But um, I mean, isn't that remarkable that wife beater was a thing that was okay to call a shirt? And it's kind of a thing that still like people yes. colloquial do. Like I, I'm sure just like a shorthand because I didn't even know what the fuck to call it right now. The other one that blows me away uh, along those lines is um, trash, like white trash or sure. trailer trash. The, the, it's okay to call people trash, uh-huh. like the garbage. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, I feel like now we're kind of catching up on everything and way less stuff is slipping through the cracks. It's just like acceptable. But that's one that I feel like I still hear people use it pretty often. And, and I'm like, you, we really have to stop equating people with garbage. Yeah. Like that's because crazy. That's in the same way that like, you know, from a young age, you like, oh, I need to be more quiet than the boys in my class. I'm, I'm sure in like a subconscious level, anybody who is of who lives in a trailer park, which is not a bad thing at all. Like there's probably some like, you know, systemic of like, oh. I'm less than everybody oh, else. Cause yeah. I refer to as trash and I may even call myself that because exactly. what else do I do? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but, um, we, uh, oh yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I started to really, I think that as like a, in my career mm-hmm. in business is one of the ways in which I've been really kind of wrestling with uh, what my my what what uh, I believed my limitations to be mm-hmm. and how subconscious it was and how much it had to do with being a woman right. I think, um, yeah, I I talk about this a lot with, uh, my friend Anna, who I also write with. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, there's this idea that I was kind of referencing this earlier, but that as women, we should, uh, do everything we can to be, be the best that we can be and then kind of sit and wait Mm. to be plucked for the opportunity. And that's with like dating too. It's like, just like look really hot and be really funny and cool and do all that. And And not care and not care. And like, listen to all the coolest music and Mm -hmm. watch the coolest movies and whatever, and then sit and wait. And maybe a man will take note of that. And be interested in you. Right. Like that is, that is so real. And the same, I mean, especially with being a fucking actress, oh, sure. which is, I really just try to say actor now because I'm so disgusted by the word actress. Yeah. Because you are, this is a career like that. You're just inherently completely out of control and mm-hmm. you literally have to wait to be plucked. Yeah. So it's just been something I've been like, how, not just how can I create opportunities for myself. That's such a like kind of boring, like you should write for yourself. You should whatever kind no, of, but I think that's, I mean, I think that, I mean, what so much of it is, uh, kind of fear based. Cause that's like difficult to put yourself out there in that regard. Yeah. But it's also like to what you're saying of like, I was systemically taught to just like, just wait. I, you, you, I, exactly. you said like, I have agency, but I don't really. Right. And if that's what's like ingrained in you. Exactly. And, and taught to just like, say, thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. You'll pay me $10 and I had to drive to Culver city. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Just this, the, the gratitude yeah. and the lack of like dessert as in deserving, mm-hmm. being deserving of things. I mean, I wrestle with that so much, like, cause then, I mean, then you get into privilege and white guilt and, and sure. all there. I just, I feel like any time that I'm, that there, that there is any kind of like opportunity that I've either created for myself or that's being created for me or whatever, I, I'm just wrestling so hard with like, uh, what I, what I deserve, what I don't deserve, how I can, um, cut like how I can kind of 
show up for myself, but how inherently I'm so disgusted by that and embarrassed by it. Ugh. I, I, mean, I hope I'm not talking too, br- like... No, I don't, I mean, I don't think too... so. I, mean, I, think, I think you're talking about, like, because what you just uh, gave voice to now is, like, a feeling that I have all the time. Just, like, this level of um, guilt and shame. And I think if you're aware of uh, the world around you and, like, oh, I, I'm, I was born a white guy in this country. That's the jackpot. Yeah. So, like, to complain about anything feels Crazy. trivial and stupid. Yeah. And to think that I have any sort of perspective beyond my own is also stupid. So it's like this like kind of cycle of like... You can talk yourself into shutting up forever. Sure. And sitting in a corner and just dying so quickly right now. Oh, that's, that's how I feel. I feel like I like you get, give me one minute with like some bad mm-hmm. chemistry going on in my brain. And I'm like, oh, I um, should never talk again and I should never pursue anything. And I have no worth and no value and no one needs to hear from me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that fascinating that that is like uh, because there's two things covert, covertly hap- uh, con- uh, concurrently happening yeah. right now. It's like mostly like so much of everybody's uh, everybody should have a voice there should be equality ev- everywhere should always be that way sure it should have always been that way why not hopefully it will be <laughs> I don't they probably never will because the Let's next stack try it. that'd be great but the other side is like because of that it's like also well you shut up because you've been talking too much which yeah. is also totally fair yeah and I think like it's just I think there's all this level of questioning I don't know if I'm articulating myself you're questioning like all of uh, the kind of things that we just accepted or never looked at before. Like we were just like walking around, like at a, never looking in the mirror. Yeah. And now look, I'm doing a terrible job. Here's, here's what I, I got a haircut yesterday. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got a haircut yesterday. Go on. And if you ever want to like, uh, feel like you have the weirdest face or you're like terrible <laughs> oh or unattractive <laughs> or like what is life yeah. just have to stare at yourself in a reflection for an hour and 10 minutes yeah and imagine the women who have to stare for like four hours yeah. or eight, or black women could could that could be eight hours that's the whole like being at the salon like you bring you bring three meals or whatever yeah and i think like that's culturally what we're all doing right now we're like all looking in the mirror and like oh god i I am terrible or am I okay? Yeah. I think just, it's just like hard to look in the mirror for a long time. It like fucks with your head. It's like saying like spoon, spoon, (laughs) spoon, spoon. Like you just do it too much. Like what is anything? What is spoon? Yes. What the hell is spoon? Yeah. I, I'm sure sometimes I, I like my husband's name is Beck, Mm -hmm, you know, Beck. mm -hmm. I sometimes like stare at him and I'm like, what has it been to to have your experience? Sure. Because I mean he's a he is a laden with guilt and shame and he's a he's a deep thinking, pretty pretty woke mm-hmm. dude. Um but also he's a he's a very privileged white man sure. who grew up that way. And I wonder if there's if there's a base level um value that is higher than mine Hmm. that, and I don't mean his, his, not his, um, his, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not confidence or what it like esteem, self-esteem. It's, I don't mean self-esteem. I mean, God, a more objective, like, in, if we could get to our like most primitive selves, mm-hmm. is there? Do you find your yourself to have more inherent worth or value than I do solely because uh, you were born and grew up a man, and I was born and grew up a woman? Y- yeah, I mean, I, I, again, probably another terrible metaphor, but it's like the difference of like uh, twins. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was loved and treated with so much <laughs> it's just nurture. And then the other treated like garbage the entire life. And they made this physical manifestation. And it's really just a movie based on one joke. Right. But that's like the I, the notion of like, you were always shown that this is, you were worthy of this, that you deserve love, that you deserve 
that you should get to speak louder. Yeah. And then if you're taught like, yeah, you're you're worthy of love, but like don't talk as much. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, wait for people to call on you. Yeah. It's just gonna it's gonna calc it's gonna program you differently. Yeah, I feel like if we're both like numerically like we'll both like go through you know whatever very similar experience of feeling like insecure or unworthy or whatever and let's say like that's when you're at zero when you rise back into like okay i'm i got out of that little dip i feel good about myself i wonder if i'm rising to a four and he's rising to a six right you know yeah and I just mean broadly, like not with our specific chemistry, but I just mean men and women. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it'd be probably, I don't think it's uh, across the board because there's brain chemistry and there's different nurture versus nature. Of but course. I think at a base level, that's, a, it'd be naive to not say that's true. It can't true. not be true. Yeah. Right. Especially here. Right. And maybe in different cultures and most cultures, it's probably even exponentially worse. But oh, like, yeah. I think it's, uh, it'd be naive to be like, no, no, no. Everybody had the same experience. Right, right. I guess I'm just saying something extremely obvious. No, but but I, but I think it's like I think some. It's also fascinating. That I think some people like bulk against that. Like like why do you feel is, threatened by that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's you, that's crazy. That is is that okay? When when I see men like exact the word is balking mm-hmm. at. Um, I don't know. I, I'm like, where where do I even begin at? Like the I don't, the pr- inherent privilege or the sure. difference between men and women or whatever. Like dealing with privilege and not being able to own it. I'm always like, that's crazy. But then when it's turned on me, yep. I get it. Yeah. I do. I do get it because it's so easy to because the whole thing is like when people talk about white men mm-hmm. they're talking that is a group of people to individualize it is a completely different thing because sure. you could never be responsible for what white men have been responsible for since the dawn of fucking hope time right yeah like you can't hold that weight and no one can ask you to hold that that's mm-hmm. too much and you're an individual um and because i i think to hold that weight the whole thing would be like shut up mm-hmm. you have no worth don't don't continue like stop and as a white person i feel that a lot i feel um i i feel like oh wow i i um, should not continue to be in. The, uh, there's no place for me here. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Um, my opinion's not valuable. My aesthetic is not valuable. My like this is. I, I don't have. It's time for me to listen and not speak. And that is, I think, culturally true. But if you take it to heart too much as an individual, is when you can go like, well, but I also actually have worth. Yeah. I can be heard. Well, and I, they're two different. Well, I think that's like the, the weird um, um, uh, dichotomy that I was kind of trying to articulate is like, yeah, I, I don't just even like talking here in this platform about this shit is like, who cares what I think? Who right. cares what the two of us are talking about? Like any right. sort of like guilt or whatever, like, fuck you. Yeah. You're, look at the house you're sitting in, you idiot. Shut up. Yeah, um, it's a house. You have a home. You <laughs> There's have a roof. food in your fridge. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing this as a hobby. You have time to have a fucking hobby. Shut up. But it's also like, well, we're also trying to uh, learn and understand uh, our, ex- our human experience and our traumas and also try not to repeat uh, uh, mistakes of the past and trying to evolve yeah. individually and culturally. So it's like all has value, but it's also let's shut up because you talk too long. Yeah. I mean, it's not, if, if the whole goal is that everyone mm-hmm. inherently has value, has value and is equal and yeah. that, and we want a, an egalitarian equal playing field for everyone 
then the idea is not to dim people, not to shut people up. Yeah. It's to bolster other people. That's what I feel like I get wrong a lot. And I feel like I see get wrong all the time. It's like, it's not about white people shutting up. It's about people of color and marginalized groups rising and being heard. And those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like there is space for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, to uh, you know make this about me. Sure. Um, uh, I think like a good a thing that I have like uh, looked at myself in terms of like um, uh, sexism and especially dynamics in like writers' rooms and stuff. I yeah. looking back at the past in my own actions, I think I can say with some. I'm sure there's times where I have you know been flippant about things, but I don't think I've ever been like egregiously in any way uh sexist maybe i'm wrong mm -hmm. i don't know but i think the thing that i've looked back at that like oh the the ways that i that i was not being helpful was not speaking out right when i had the opportunity to be like hey that shut up you're being an idiot yeah don't make people feel that way and i feel like that's what you're giving voice to is like the fact that like just because maybe you didn't do it you're not helping you have to help when there's when there isn't in, in uh, uh, the scales are not stacked or there's right. an injustice because you have the opportunity. That's right. what comes with like the privilege and the power. Uh, make it worthwhile. Yeah. And does that make sense? Yes, okay. it does. And just as an individual, as an individual, rather than letting it just shut you down, mm -hmm. I feel like the, cause you get shut down when there's, when you feel depressed about something, but there's no, action around it yeah i feel like the the action is like okay well how do i bolster how do i create opportunities for people who are different than me how how do i how can i um interact with more people who are different than me how can i give back whatever because mm -hmm. then it's also like when when you're doing that i think that also um helps you have a voice sure. in your own, in its own, helps well, you not feel shut down. Yeah, what's well, empowering, empowering, empowering others empowers you, I think, in many ways. Yeah. Um, this is, we kind of started talking about, like, the uh, mission statement of, like, the ways that you felt uh, not heard individually and societally. Mm -hmm. um, and when you first said that, I was kind of thinking about, like, the ways that those are ingrained in you, and, mm -hmm. like, from parents. And I remember a thing... Uh, not the same at all, but when I was like 21 years old, 20 years old, and was like, had an internship. Um, and I was like, when I was younger, always taught like, you know, respect elders, like be, you don't fuck with teachers. Like I was just like, you know, my parents were like, no, no, yeah, it, you res I'm older, fuck you, respect me. Yeah. And that was always ingrained in me. And I remember the first time like working in a professional environment and it was like eye opening that like, oh, you're 15 years older than me, but you're an idiot. Right. Or like, <laughs> you're 20 years older than me, but you're an asshole. Yeah. I don't, you have not earned my respect. I don't have to like, it was just like this moment of clarity, like, oh, right. Not everybody older is uh, uh, just automatically better, smarter, wiser, no. kinder. Right. And that was like, I think, a, a, a like a moment of clarity, a catharsis for me. Like, oh, I have to let go of these like notions that were kind of ingrained in me, that like coded me at a young age. Yeah. Um, that's a long, uh, selfish way of saying like, what ways did you see that like, from, from your family and also from a female perspective, like slowly realizing like, oh, this is fucked up. I don't have to do this shit that I thought was just an absolute. Yeah. Um, I think... I think seeing other women, like all the different ways in which, as I was becoming an adult, I mean, it's a, there's a specific, we're living in a specific time right now with like the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff. But, but I think also just becoming an adult in general, you start to get exposed to things that you weren't necessarily exposed to, right. like different kinds of art, different kinds of people, different... I, I don't know, people, yeah, just watching people in the world, I just feel like I started to see more women 
doing things that were traditionally, that I had traditionally thought were male. Mm -hmm. And I went like, oh, fuck, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that there's, I do think that I, um, part of the like internal struggle has been that a lot of the qualities that I kind of inherently have are pretty masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always, but I didn't really know how to deal with that. And I felt ashamed of that. And I felt like I was told that that's not a good thing. And then I, but then I had like, I am super ambitious. I am like, you know, I want to be involved in things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I think seeing examples and, and just like starting to interrogate stuff, like going like, Oh, whoa. Every movie I ever liked was like Deer Hunter, A Clockwork Orange, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Everything I thought was like, I was, I read Bukowski. I listened Mm -hmm. to Bob Dylan. Everything that was cool was male Mm -hmm. and like deeply male, like aggressive. I mean, you can't get more male than Bukowski. No. Just and I subject. read a lot of Bukowski. Yeah, same. You know, I was not, I, I, there are exceptions to this, but generally I was not reading women. Mm-hmm. I was not watching women. I was maybe listening to a little bit more music from women, sure. maybe, but, um, I don't know. So, so somewhere a shift happened where I was like, Oh, you know what's also cool? Women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and women make cool stuff. And I'm starting to see that more and more. And I'm starting to see these like women who are doing these dope things. And it, it was just a, a revelation to me. Right. And then my next thought was like, I'm going to burn this shit to the ground. Because <laughs> for so That's long, I had been like... I am waiting for men mostly to give me opportunities. And then the shift was like, oh my God, I'm going to make so much shit and I'm never going to hire any men Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make them suffer. Sure. I understand the instinct. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, like not, not really. I have so many men in my life that I love and I'm married to one. No, but that I get that. like, Fuck, why did I think this? Why did I think this was okay? Fuck the entire gender for making me feel like I'm less than. Yeah. Well, and also, like, look at the things that I just... The the entertainment that I just cited. Like, I am into aggression and mm-hmm. power dynamics and, to some extent, violence. Mm-hmm. I love a revenge movie sure. more than anything. So that's what I... I'm like... that. That's all I can think about. That's how I, I don't, I don't know. That's a vocabulary right. that I think in, um, which is funny because I don't come from any violence or any, That's maybe that's why I can. I feel like Detroit is known for like, it's a rough and tumble town. It's a rough and it's tumble got a, town. It's got a rust belt m- mentality. Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs. I can't yeah, really so I. take yeah. a lot of yeah. uh, credit for that. But um, Do you find that that is still uh, uh, something that you like, struggle against like the the knee jerk if like you know what 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 was ingrained in you from such a long time ago are you still like no 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 that's not or has it been if you like reprogrammed your brain i think i've reprogrammed i think uh yeah just like because now i don't i don't read any books written by men anymore Mm -hmm. especially reading I mean, obviously. Well, I think you're just, I mean, just already bragging that you read it all. <laughs> That's already something. Oh my God. I can read so much. What? <laughs> there are there. so many words that I can read. I got a few. <laughs> it. Yeah. I, maybe I just, I, um, there wasn't enough female input. I, I, and I mean like artistic input sure. as far as like you have to, you need input for output. I wasn't inputting enough uh, female voices. And now I'm like, like soaking that that's all I want. And it's not from a, it is not from a, an intellectual, uh, 
stand. It's not, I'm not going like, oh, Jesse, you should really consume more mm-hmm. stuff made by women. It's like a, an actual desire. Right. Which is an important distinction to yeah. make. Like, what do you, what do you think you should do and what do you want sure. to do? Yeah. Because I think that's also paralyzing. Like, well, I should do this. As opposed yeah. to like the things that like, no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 Do you think, um, have you found that it's because obviously we're very, especially in this business, very vocal about like the people who are bad, the things that are wrong. Oh, and God. also, and also so very stressful. Yeah. But also very loud about like, we're how we're trying to change and very self congratulatory about the ways that we're trying to do that. And that's fine if it's actually changing, but do you think it is changing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that, but also again, white dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you are you are worthy and valuable, and yeah, and you. and I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, I think it's, I think it's changing like crazy. I I feel that, but I also wonder like I um, uh, just a, like a, a a casual friend of mine I know she wrote an article. I'm just basing this all from social media, but she wrote an article because she went on audition, and they. It was for a commercial, and they like had to. They were in bikinis, and like the director was like, "They just dance a little bit in the beginning." Oh my god! And like the commercial had nothing to do with bikinis or dancing. What? Yeah, I think it maybe was... I think maybe there was like a swimming component, but it was like, and she was like, "Fuck this!" And like, so like, how much of that? I, I should just stand in one place and just kind of bounce up. Yeah, and just down. bounce a little bit. If you want to like, I don't know, close your eyes too, that'd be cool for me. Um, but it feels like there's there's still like so much. There's got to be a ton of shit. Like that's one instance oh, of yeah. like. Of, of a garbage trait uh, yeah. that is being talked about as opposed to all the other things that are not, but also... Oh, yeah. I think so much of that people are just like, nope, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the, the subject of an article, so I'm going to... Right. I'm going to pull back on my uh, creep ways. Right, which is, I guess, the good... That's a that's a good thing. Yeah, instilling um, fear. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't be an asshole, yes, buddy. Exactly. You will, there's consequences now. Fe- exactly, fear and consequence. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, that's, that shit is, like, for sure still happening. Right. But I do think, you know, I was thinking, like, it's getting so much better, I think. I mean, I, I would, I, I actually was kind of trying to look the other day. Like, I wanted to see the numbers, like, mm-hmm. statistically, what is getting better and how. Right. Um, my guess is, like... I feel like it's always like a, um, it's not trickle down, but it's like, it's, it's like starting from the bottom. Like, I feel like it's, it's the easiest and most convenient to, for example, with diversity, Mm -hmm. it is the easiest and most convenient for the people in power to, to, uh, for example, cast diversely in the exterior cast Mm -hmm. that is easy and convenient for them and then there's like the principal cast okay so that's like a little bit harder Mm -hmm. and then for for them as far as like coming up against systemic against fucking everything Mm -hmm. and then there's like the people in power so my, my guess is like i feel like what i'm seeing is like a lot more inclusivity a lot more diversity whatever I bet at the top of the tops of the networks, there's still a shitload of white men. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's true. Yeah. Like it, it's got to be true. So that's where we're going. Like the, it will be interesting when it when from the top down, there is more opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Um, it's weird to start. I don't know. Um, it's, of course, like people start in ways where it is the easiest for them. Does that make sense? Am I? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yes. Um, I think that makes sense. And it's also, uh, um, it's like the, just like moving the needle a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it's, it's a start. It's not a great start. Yeah. Um, when you were talking, I was—I don't know why I was thinking about this. I was thinking about like the—I think the notion of you, like you know, all the movies that you're into and the things that you read, and 
I remember like, you know, uh, growing up and like loved when I was like 20, loved like early Hornby stuff and like Jay McInerney because mm-hmm. it was like reflected me. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that like, uh, I think it's very natural to be like, you want to put yourself in the narrative of a story and reflect your experience and yeah. the universality of that. And now like those things are not as appealing. Like, you know, Bright Lights, Big City is not as, it was aspirational at one point. <laughs> now I'm like, that's, that's okay. um, it's still a great book, but it's not like, doesn't have the same appeal because it doesn't reflect my experience as much. Now. Yeah. But I remember, uh, um, I think it was last year at the Oscars when they did like a whole, um, just a, a, a video package of talking about, uh, uh um, diversity in films, I guess. And mm-hmm. Kumail kind of said something. He's like, I grew up, my favorite movies are like Back to the Future and shit. Like, I, I grew up watching yeah. white people do, and I love that. Yeah. You can do the same thing. Exactly. You can love my story. Yeah. It's still universal. Right. That was a weird tangent, but... No, I, but yeah. I mean, I didn't... I was just... I was thinking while you were talking... Please. I wonder if I... I wonder if I had seen Lady Bird mm-hmm. when I was 16. Sure. How I mean, I I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, to see like a really cool punk rock kind of heroine that is also nuanced and struggling, and, and that I relate human. to a yeah. lot. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't watching anything. I related to mm-hmm. literally. I mean, of course, you we can all relate to each other. That's Kumail's whole point. Yeah, but um, I wasn't actually seeing myself. And when I was seeing myself, it's like you're watching fucking Woody Allen yeah. and going like, I want to be Diane Keaton or whatever the sixteen-year-olds mm-hmm. in Manhattan, Marielle Hemingway, like. And they're objects of affection. They're mm-hmm. cool for sure. Nothing against the, those women. But they're objects of affection. And they're, yeah, they're the gaze as opposed to being the, the vantage point. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. And Diane Keaton is like, I feel like objectively, she's, she's so, she's one of the most interesting people. Yeah. She's, she is like inherently interesting mm-hmm. and smart and funny and adorable and so likable and all those things. But it's still about... It's not her perspective. Mm -hmm. So she's waiting for Woody Allen to cast her in that thing and to tell her that she, I'm, you know, I'm sure, I hope she is self-actualized and whatever, but to tell her that she has value by, you know, Woody Allen has the power in that circumstance. Yeah. And it's inherently his story the whole way through. Yeah, Yeah. It's just, I think that that, that is, is... That is exactly what I was kind of talking about, about like, you can, I had a whole notion about being the best I could be, being as interesting and funny and smart and pretty and whatever as I possibly could so that someone else would make something happen for me. Mm -hmm. You were working so hard for somebody else to give you an opportunity. Yeah, and and then I feel like the first thing that happened to break that wall down is like, you know, like reading enough scripts or seeing enough shit where you're like, I don't, I don't know, I might be crazy, but I feel like I could do this a lot fucking better. Is that like a eye-opening moment? <laughs> yes, yeah. and it took so. I mean, I had those like inklings, but it took so. But always like I'm following. I don't know the rules or these codes of conduct I have that are like. But but you don't do that. You right. didn't go to school for that. That's not your that role. Is, yeah, that is not your role. Um, and then eventually you just have to be like, I'm literally positive I can do this so much better. And then you start yeah. to. Yeah. I, I um, remember years ago, uh, I used to run this television festival. And the first year was like an independent television festival. And the first year we had like uh, the Always Sunny guys because that was like kind of like the model. Like this is, you can do this shit. Yeah. Like this is like, look, they did this. So anybody can do this. Yeah. Like it's a new world. There's many more platforms and places to sell and blah, blah, blah. But I remember in this one panel, Charlie Day saying that he would get all these uh, scripts and he would read them and be like, oh man, I really, really hope I get to be in this piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. 
and that's like, exactly. and that's just like a guy. That's a guy from that. But I think like everybody yes. has that moment of like, what the fuck? I can at least, I can at least do something this shitty. Yeah, but my, but why not? My why not version me? of that is, is was going like, I'm sure I can make these sound like words humans would actually say. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I kind of like give this the right, you know, zhuzh, I can make this sound like real human dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Yeah, like, that's that's the bar is very that's low. That's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. Um, okay, well, this has been very amorphous. In a, in a, I know. Did I, I do it okay? No, I think this is lovely. I okay. Because it's a fucking, we're just dancing around like, ah, I feel bad, but also fuck that. It's yeah. It's a weird thing. But here's my, I guess I, I try to like usually end with like advice. Oh, great. So what advice would you have to, oh, I thought uh, you were going to give me advice. Oh, no, I don't have any advice for you. You, you seem very self-actual in a way that I can't help anything. Um, okay, go ahead, go ahead. What advice would you give to other, um, I guess primarily uh, women or just people in general who are feeling like they're struggling to find their voice or find their confidence and power? I mean, God, I think it's... It is as simple, I think, as um, don't. Okay, don't. I'll start with a negative. Please <laughs> don't get that. Out don't of be place. stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's like God, I want to put this better, but I don't know. Some something to the effect of like, uh, don't don't. Uh, be as good as you can be for the opportunity to come to you, mm-hmm. create the opportunity yourself. Right. right? Like, I mean, that, that is so inarticulate, but, but I think just, I spent so much time trying to be so great. Mm-hmm. At, whereas I could have put all that energy into writing something horrible that then I wrote yeah. 10 more things and then it was kind of good or creating something of my own and not trying to fit in. I just, I think I was taught to follow the rules a lot and I, I do really, uh, I like rules and I, I mm. like respect. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important and in LA I'm shocked by the lack of it a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I wish that that I had followed the rules a little less. Sure. That's good. And then I think that you feel like that is applicable to not only the artistic endeavors, but just that same advice of, of, uh, just in life, not even like talking about create, creating opportunities, whether it's not, uh, uh, you know, frou-frou TV shit. I know. I'm like, but just, no, yeah. but I mean, I think that's probably applicable to everything, right? Just like, it don't is. wait for you, for someone to say, yes, you may. Right, exactly. Just like I am going to. Yeah, and whatever, uh, whatever I feel like financially, it's probably v- so applicable. Like there, I think there are so many things that women don't, we don't feel like we have access to mm-hmm. because it hasn't traditionally been like. I don't, being property owners, mm-hmm. like there's that those statistics, I feel like are insane, and and being business owners and investing, yeah. like in women are so are like chronically underinvested. Right. The I'm trying to think what those those kinds of those are the opportunities that I mean that are. Um, Just it feels like oh that's not my thing to do. That is, it's not available to yeah. me. It's not, I don't, I don't know about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it well. Mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not, women aren't good with numbers. Like all that kind of just like yeah. bullshit. And then you look at these people who have these men who have made billions of dollars in the stock market. And you're like, that guy's dumb. Yeah, that's a dumb idiot. Right that's there. a dumb idiot. And and, a, and, a, and not a kind one either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I want for women to be ambitious and as good at the traditionally male roles as we are at the traditionally female roles, which I think are 
just as hard, if not harder. Oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think at the very base level, it's just very hard to be a person. But I think, fuck, come, come on. Being like an emotional sound. I mean, just even your family dynamic, like the fact that your mother was the one who was like the emotional core, where they talk to you yeah. and like make you feel loved. Like that is so much harder than yeah. like being like I don't fully get you. So pat on the head and I'm I'm off on a business trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, did I do my advice good? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Be the, uh, the, be the ocean, not the boat. I think that's like great advice. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this was lovely. It was so fun. It was very fun. I've never done a podcast before. I have, I've done this one many times. <laughs> it's always, a, it's always a delight. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. I mean, come on. She's great, isn't she? I think she's wonderful. And I'm glad that we are new friends. Uh, thank you so much, Jesse, for taking time on your schedule to uh, come and hang out with me on a weekend. I appreciate it. You're wonderful. And if you think uh, she's as wonderful as uh, I do, you should support her. Watch all of her shit. Also, check her out on Twitter. It's at Jesse Hodges. That's at J-E-S-S-Y-H-O-D-G-E-S. She's great. Thank you again so much, Jesse. Uh, a couple other thank yous. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pot for Art and Music. And thank you to Hayden Fong for doing all the stuff behind the scenes that I can't do. And, you know, like always, gang, the biggest thanks goes out to you. Because without you, it's just me shouting into the void. And it's nice not to do that. So thanks for taking time out of your day to, you know, feel some feelings with me. I hope you guys have a great week, a great weekend. And, uh, you know, keep your hands at Tenet, too. And uh, get some rest. All right. I love you. Bye. <laughs>